0: So I'd like to start with a story, are we up for a story this morning? Harold and Hilda, Harold and Hilda were a happily married couple in their 70s. They couldn't make up their mind where to go on holiday. So their son, Geoffrey and daughter-in-law, Gina, offered to sort something out for them. So that's what they'd done, Geoffrey had made all of the plans, Harold and Hilda had gone on holiday and they'd returned, and now the four of them were meeting for lunch, a lunch they'd prearranged before their trip. So they just sat down, barely sat down, <clears throat> and Geoffrey, with some degree of anxiety, said, so, Mum, Dad, how did it go? How was the holiday? And Hilda replied, oh, it was, it was, it was very good, it was very good. The people we met were friendly, The location was beautiful, the weather was wonderful, and as the more tactful member of the partnership, she kind of left it there, and was happy to kind of move on um, to talk about some of the details. But she wasn't at all surprised when her husband decided to add to her summary of the holiday. And he said, it was a bit expensive, though. All the entertainments were a bit too pricey for us, and the restaurant menu wasn't cheap either. So he bought lots of snacks at the supermarket. At which point, Geoffrey looked at Gina. Gina grimaced and gave Geoffrey the, I told you so, look. And then Geoffrey looked at his dad and said, but dad, the food and the entertainment were all part of the deal. I bought you an all-inclusive ticket. Harold and Hilda enjoyed their holiday, but they didn't enjoy all of the benefits of their holiday. They didn't make the most of it. And we have, as we've heard already this morning, something in the word of God far more valuable than an all-expenses-paid holiday. But do we enjoy all the benefits? Do we make the most of the word of God? That's our theme this morning. And one person who clearly did make the most of the Word of God, who did enjoy all the benefits, was, was the author of Psalm 119. You might like to turn to that now, Psalm 119. We're going to do a verse-by-verse exposition. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> for those of you who know it, you're getting a little bit worried there, but we're not going to do that. But it's clear that the author of Psalm 119 absolutely loved the Word of God. That is the only explanation for this psalm. Let me just say a few things about it before we look at it a little bit. It's it's an absolutely fascinating psalm. It's um, written in Hebrew, obviously. Uh, The Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters, and there are 22 sections to this psalm. Each section is eight verses long, and and each of the verses within a section begin with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet so had it been in English it would have begun something like this section 1 all praise to God anything is possible with you angels bow down and so on for 8 verses all beginning with A and then the next section would have been better to be with you beautiful are your words and so on for 8 verses beginning with the letter B and so on through all of the letters of the English alphabet. But we have in Psalm 119, 22 Hebrew letters, so 22 sections of eight verses. Are you with me? There are 172 verses, therefore. Mathematicians, you can do that quick calculation or just check by reading to the end of the Psalm, 172 verses. And there are 172 references to the word of God although it's not referenced in every verse. Lots of synonyms are used for the word of God, so it's described as the law of the Lord, his statutes, his ways, his precepts, his decrees, his laws. So all of this speaks to me of of a psalm written by someone who absolutely loved the word of God, absolutely loved it. So the question I ask myself is how did he come to love the word of God so much? How did he get to that place where he was so overwhelmingly in love with God's word? Back in 2016, we did a series in the evenings called What's in it for me? Where we looked at the different types or genre of biblical literature um, in order to better understand how we should approach the Psalms or the Gospels or Proverbs, for example, And I would encourage you to go to our website and to listen to those or to re-listen, just to remind yourself that our approach to the Bible um, affects what we receive from it. To make the most of it, to come to love it, we need to know how to read it. But what I want to do this morning is something very different to that. What I want to do is to look at the first 48 verses of Psalm 119, The first six sections and just pick out one reflection from each section, one clue, one insight into how this author came to love God's word so much. And to help me with this, I've asked Phil and Miriam to join me. They're going to to read the Bible. We're going to um, do a Double act, triple act, they're going to read. I'm going to share some reflections as they read. So it's going to have a different kind of feel to it. Um, I hope it's still going to be um, richly helpful to you. Um, Of course, we have two services on a Sunday. So if you want more of the Word of God, do come tonight where Ian is preaching. I expect there'll be maps. Are there maps, Ian? Oh, oh, Ian is not sure whether there will be maps tonight. But come anyway to listen to Ian as he um, completes the the series that we've been doing on 1 Peter. Let's pray and then we're going to read and share some thoughts on this psalm. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we've been reminded already that your word is alive. It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we pray that you would do your work in us, accomplish your purpose in us today through your word in Jesus name, Amen Amen.
1: So starting at verse 1 Blessed are those whose ways are blameless who walk according to the law of the Lord
2: Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart
1: They do no wrong but follow his ways
2: You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed
1: Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees.
2: Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands.
1: I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws.
2: I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. So the first thing I want to draw
0: out, and it's from verse 2, you might want to keep your Bibles open as we go through this, from verse 2, is that if we're going to make the most of the Bible, then we need to read it... Purposefully. The psalmist says in verse 2 Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. So, what is the purpose for our reading the Word of God? Well, we don't just read it because that's what Christians do. We don't just read it to make it our specialist subject area. We don't read it to lead a Bible study or to preach a sermon or for any of those reasons. Primarily. In Tim Keller's words, knowing the Bible is no end in itself. We know it in order to seek Him with all our heart. That is the ultimate purpose of reading the Bible, its relationship. So if we are going to make the most of the Bible, then we must read it with this purpose in mind to get to know God our
2: Father more intimately. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word?
1: I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands.
2: I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you.
1: Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees.
2: With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth.
1: I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches.
2: I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways.
1: I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word.
0: So the second thought I want to draw out this morning is that if we are going to make the most of the Bible, then we will have to read it thoughtfully. Verse 11, the psalmist says, I've hidden your word in my heart. So that I might not sin against you. We cannot hide the Word of God in our hearts if we read the Word of God hurriedly or if we read it in a distracted fashion. We cannot hide the Word of God in our hearts if we read it while we're watching a film, for example, or listening to the radio. We cannot hide it in our hearts on those occasions. We can only bury it away in our hearts if we meditate on it, if we reflect on it thoughtfully. Author Andrew Murray writes, It's in meditation that the heart holds and appropriates the word. The intellect gathers and prepares the food upon which we are to feed, so that's the the mind kind of reading and understanding, but in meditation the heart takes it in and feeds on it. So the Bible is food for our souls, but we will come away from our reading hungry if we read it thoughtlessly.
1: Be good to your servants while I live, that I may obey your word.
2: Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law.
1: I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me.
2: My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times.
1: You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands.
2: Remove from me scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes.
1: Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees.
2: Your statutes are my delight, they are my counsellors. So the
0: third thought I want to bring out from these verses is that if we are going to make the most of the Bible, then we will have to read it... Prayerfully, verse 18, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Why does the, uh, the author say this, write this? Because the word of God is inspired. It's more than just an ordinary book or collection of books. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Imagine for a moment that you and I are having a uh, discussion about a tricky section in a book and I say it means this and you say it means that and then to the side there's a third person who is actually the author of the book. Well it would be madness, would it not, to refer the question to the author of the book to find out what he meant, what she meant, what what was the inspiration behind those words that we are arguing over. What if that's true for a book written with human inspiration, how much more true is it for a book that is divinely inspired? If we want to get to the heart of it, then we need to approach the author and to read it prayerfully.
2: I'm laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word.
1: I gave an account of my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees.
2: Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds.
1: My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word.
2: Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law.
1: I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws.
2: I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame.
1: I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding.
2: If we're going to make the
0: most of the word of God, then we will have to read it honestly. Verse 29, the psalmist says, keep me from deceitful ways, be gracious to me and teach me your law. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, to, to read into the Bible what we want it to say. There are parts of the Bible that we don't like, so we interpret them to suit ourselves. But ultimately it's not for us to assess the Bible, it's for the Bible to assess us. And when we make the Bible say what we want it to say because it's more comfortable and more convenient, or in keeping with the prevailing culture, then ultimately we are deceiving ourselves. A while ago two prisoners escaped from jail in Argentina And the prison said that it was due to a lack of resources that only two out of their 15 guard towers were occupied at any given time. And they told a local newspaper that they put a football, can you believe it, a football with a prison officer's cap on a third to create the illusion of an extra guard. Well, they were rumbled uh, that the convicts recognised the deceit and took full advantage of it. But here's the thing, if we make the Bible say what we want it to say, then we are no better than those prison guards. And all kinds of unhelpful unhelpful thoughts, unhelpful attitudes and unhelpful behaviors will be let loose as a result. If we're going to make the most of it, then we must read the Bible honestly.
1: Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees that I may follow it to the end.
2: Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart.
1: Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight.
2: Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain.
1: Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word.
2: Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared.
1: Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good.
2: How I long for your precepts, in your righteousness preserve my life. So the fifth principle or
0: reflection I want to draw out from these verses is that if we're going to make the most of the Bible, then we will have to read it selflessly. Verse 36, turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. In other words, we read the Bible not so much for what we can get out of it, but for what God wants to say to us. C.S. Lewis talked about two kinds of reading, the reading in which we use a book for our own purposes and the reading in which we receive the author's purposes. So for what purposes do we read the Bible? Do we read it to get rich get well get happy we might read it for all sorts of reasons but ultimately we need to read it selflessly and to listen to what God wants to say to us rather than what we want to get from it
2: may your unfailing love come to me Lord your salvation according to your promise
0: then
1: I can answer anyone who taunts me for I trust in your word
2: Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws.
1: I will always obey your law, forever and ever.
2: I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts.
1: I will speak of your statutes before kings, and will not be put to shame.
2: For I delight in your commands, because I love them.
1: I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees.
0: So, one final reflection, and it's this that if we're going to make the most of the Bible, then we must read it hopefully. Verse 45 I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. And I use the word hope here not in the sense of wishful, but in the sense of confidence that in the Word of God is our freedom that in the word of God is our joy, that in the word of God is our hope. Beautifully expressed, I think, in that boy's face. You know, in life, we're going to face all sorts of difficulties, aren't we? They can drag us down, they can weigh heavily on us, trap us, exhaust us, slow us down. But in the word of God, there is freedom and joy. So overall, the reflection this morning is that let's not be like Harold and Hilda remember them who missed out on the benefits that had been purchased for them. Rather, let's get all of the benefits out of the Word of God by reading it um, purposefully and thoughtfully and prayerfully and honestly and selflessly and hopefully. Let's pray, shall we? I'll suggest um, Calvin and the band come up and while we do that, thanks Phil and Miriam. While they just get themselves in position, let's just bow our heads and reflect on the word of God, this great gift to us. Perhaps we could leave that slide up, if that's okay, just for the moment before we start singing. And what might our takeaway thought from today be? Maybe it's, maybe it's that we've just stopped reading the Bible and we need to pick it up again. Maybe it's that we've been reading it quickly or thoughtlessly or just for our own means or we might have any, any number of thoughts. But let's commit again to letting the word of God be for us, the word of God. So in our, in our prayers now, just, just quietly pray for one thing maybe that stood out for you. Heavenly Father, we'll all be in different places with regard to your word today. And for some of us, maybe it's a book we've never even opened. For some, maybe it's a book we've been opening day after day, year after year. But Lord, wherever we are, I pray that you would increase our love for your word. And I pray that we would increasingly be those people that read it in such a way that we open ourselves to your voice and to your life-changing word to us. Amen.